Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. I am back with my favorite cat behaviorist, cat lover, cat knowledgeable woman, Michael Delgado in California, who really is the go-to what to do about your cat's issues, which are really your issues, not understanding your cat. Michael, midnight munchies, as I like to call it. That's something (laughs) that I remember people calling in about a lot when Cat Chat was live on Sirius, the, the cat would wake them at one, two, three, four, five o'clock and not just wake them up with a bit of meowing, but sit on their <laughs> face, sit on their head, knead their stomach, get under the covers. So I'm sure you two have uh, dealt with this issue with your clients and, and other professionals. What, what do you look at as the kind of driving force behind cats waking people from their sleep and appearing to be hungry, which is not probably the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the most common reasons that people contact me for help. Um, it's third to litter box issues and cats fighting. So wow. cats, yeah, cats waking their owners up at night. And if you think about it, it impacts our well-being if we don't get a good night's sleep. So yes. people take it pretty seriously and they get pretty upset by it. And unfortunately, um, because they're so desperate to get back to sleep, they reinforce a lot of bad habits. Um, ah. Often when the cat wakes them up at 1, 2, 3 in the morning meowing, you'd be surprised a lot of people's response is to get up and give the cat some food and go back wow. to Wow, wow. So they are basically, their cats are training them, right, to yes. <laughs> get them up and um, feed them. And, um, you know, certainly that's a short-term solution, as in you can go back to sleep, your cat stops meowing, your cat stops knocking things off shelves. But as far as a long-term solution, you're just reinforcing the behavior. So, um, so yeah, there are things you can do to get a good night's sleep. All right, let's, let's back up and ask, is the cat hungry? Because I just want to relate this to dogs who, as we know, cats in no Mm -hmm. way are little dogs. But so often a dog will sit and look up at a person and appear to be begging for a treat or a snack. (laughs) And it's like a child. I've always said it's like a child, and this is more true of the kitty cat than the dog, pulling on mommy or daddy's pant leg and going, mommy, 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 and louder and louder. (laughs) Please, I want your attention. I want to play. I'm tired. I'm bored. I'm scared. I'm something. And the person sticks a cookie in their mouth. Well, not exactly, but some people do 
you know, show attention to a human child by giving them some food item, usually a not particularly healthy one. So with dogs, people do that when, in fact, you could use that moment of the dog wanting to interact with you and do a little game with the dog or take the dog for a very brief walk. With a cat, do you ever question whether that cat is simply got extra energy at because they are more nocturnal, if you will? I mean, they're dusk hunters, so maybe they're more nocturnal than they are diurnal, and they really just want to blow off some steam? Or do you think it's food-related? Well, it can be both. Um, it can be either or both, right? So it, it does take some teasing apart, um, the daily routine with the owner. So um, I'm looking at, at two things. You know, we know most cats are not hungry, right? We know there's an obesity problem with right. our pets. So most cats are not hungry. Um, but many cats are emotional eating out of boredom and frustration. And we also have a problem where people are not syncing their cat's activity to their activity. Yes. So we have cats who are sleeping all day. Mm-hmm. Cats are technically what we call crepuscular. So that means they're active at dawn and dusk, more so than uh, being nocturnal per se. But if right. your cat is sleeping all day, then yes, they will have a lot of energy throughout the night. And so our goal is to um, get them more on our schedule where they are more likely to be tired at night and less likely to be hungry. And also, because of all the things we're going to do to keep them awake during the day, they're going to be less bored, they're going to be less stressed, less frustrated. So we're trying to approach this really from a more holistic perspective than just it's they want food or they've learned to get food or they're just bored. It's like, let's look at the big picture. What is the cat doing all day? And if the owner tells me, well, he's sleeping all day, then we have to start there. Um, The other thing is just how many times a day are people feeding their cats? Right. We know that cats naturally hunt and eat several small meals a day. Often, because it's more convenient for us, we might feed them once or twice a day. And a lot of times people are feeding their cats their last meal of the day at, say, 6 p.m., their dinner time. And the next time they want to feed the cat is like 8 in the morning the next day. And so the cat might be going 12, 14 hours without any food. And so you're just increasing the chance that they're going to be hungry and try to do what they normally do to get food, which is, you know, most cats get excited before mealtime, they start meowing and the food appears. So they kind of have this connection, even if it's completely superstitious, (laughs) that the meowing helps the food come along. And so that might be the first thing they try in the middle of the night if they are hungry. So I do think some cats are legitimately legitimately hungry. And so my solution is to... um, you know, often shift their feeding schedule, maybe give them food puzzles to slow down their feeding, feed them several small meals a day, and feed them at your bedtime. So you're just increasing the chance that they're going to feel more satisfied through the night and not wake you up at four in the morning because they are legitimately hungry. So let's just rule that out. Right. Okay, so that's really good. We're going to, in a minute, we're going to talk about kitty crack, which is what I call all dry food. And my belief, along with a lot of veterinarians, feline-only veterinarians, um, including one that I'll be interviewing soon, who is a very highly double-boarded feline vet who does believe that cats should only be eating wet food and or protein, at least protein, but not highly processed carbs. I know that's not what you believe. And before we talk about it, I just want to say that I think it's important for Michael and myself to have this conversation even briefly around the issue of whether the obligate carnivore has problems in their digestion and in their food absorption and in their brain chemistry and blood sugar, if you will, based on taking in food that they're not really designed. Their, in, their digestive system is not designed for it. 
It's designed to have mouse in, mouse out, bird in, bird out, and then at least six or eight hours of rest before they get lucky and could hunt for something again. But the reason I want to have the conversation briefly, Michael, is because I hold you in the highest regard, as do many people, and you're a brilliant behaviorist. And you have had many clients, because anybody that wants to to connect with Michael and help solve any behavior problems, I always have a link to her on the cat chat page of RadioPetLady.com because she does such great work. I want people to understand as we have this brief conversation about what I call kitty crack, that you don't call kitty crack, is that people (laughs) who like each other and respect each other and admire each other can have a different opinion about this. We don't want, you know, food fights in the in the, the, the aisle of the pet food section or in mm-hmm. a pet food store, I used to have people say, oh, I couldn't <laughs> believe I saw somebody buying, you know, the, 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 the container and I wanted to tell them about Kitty Crack, but it's not, it is my job. I view my job as educating people and inspiring them and influencing them around many things, nutrition being a big passion of mine. But it, it also is to be respectful that people have different opinions or different lifestyles or different financial situations, and that can be driving their decisions. I know you've had clients who've come to you feeling somewhat abashed or guilty and saying, I do feed kibble, and you put their mind at rest and say, oh, don't feel so bad about it, right? Well, I feed my cats kibble, too. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm... um you yes, know, I I will say first of all, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not a right. nutritionist. Um, I've worked under the mentorship of a veterinary nutritionist, and um, you know I've done some reading. I really um, like appreciate the work of Linda Case and her yes, information about pet food, and mm-hmm. um, really just looking at the evidence. I would also argue that cats' digestive systems have changed a bit through uh, domestication. Um, do are they obligate carnivores? Yes. Does that mean 100% meat? Not necessarily. The you know the prey that they're eating are not 100% meat. So, um, but you know, really, I think the the thing for me is you know, people should be feeding a food that their cat enjoys. That is, um, I think they should be feeding food that's um, follows the AFCO guidelines. Of course. And aside from that, if they like it, their cat likes it. It's working. That works for me. I'm, I'm not here to make judgments on what people um, feed their cats. We know that AFCO guidelines, you know, meet a certain minimum standard of, of health. And aside from that, people can look at the FDA for pet food recalls and stay aware of what some of the risks and benefits are of different types of diets. But I, you know, personally think, you know, it has to work for the client. It has to work for the cat. And people have maybe lifestyles that maybe don't foster, like, cooking a home-cooked diet for their cat. Or, well, I, I, would never, um, I would never recommend that to anybody. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, it's really to let people know. I mean, I've, again, uh, Linda Case would, uh, has, been on my, uh, has been on Dog Talk mm-hmm. many times and is great. Um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure she does believe that a protein-based diet is the best thing for cats. I mean, the only company that's made a dry food that is, relates to the protein levels of the kinds of ingredients that cats historically have eaten is actually Dr. Elsie's Clean Protein, which also comes in a can, but it ha- he happens to have made a dry version for people's, for people's convenience, but also because cats are more satisfied by it. One of the things that Dr. Elizabeth Hodgkins and I used to talk about a lot on Cat Chat was just like with people, the more carbs you eat, the more carbs you eat, because that's human or cat. 
and dogs to some extent. It's just you take in these carbs and there's a craving for more carbs and you don't get to a satisfaction level. Having said that, I think the puzzles you talked about can easily be used with any of the dry protein treats. All the companies now make really fabulous dry protein, freeze-dried or dehydrated pieces of protein rather than pieces of kibble because the satisfaction, even on a brain level and a metabolic level for the cat, is higher with protein than it is with carbs. I think it is with well, people, I, too. Yeah, and the, the only other thing I would just say is, you know, I, I am one of the camp of, like, how we feed cats is, is equally important as what we feed them. And yes. actually by using food puzzles yes. and slowing down their feeding and feeding several small meals a day, which is, again, more akin to their natural lifestyle, that some You're right. of those problems You're that right. we blame on mm-hmm. carbs may, you know, yeah. so, you know, That's as a, a scientist, point. I just mm-hmm. like to look at the big picture and yep. what are all the variables here and, you know, correlation is not causation. And so, um, you know, I just encourage people to, you know, like I said, read the, the research and also understand how marketing is putting pressure on people to buy certain products that may or may not have like any science or research behind them may not be based in, um, you know, any feeding trials. So, you know, it's just, and if that's the decision people want to make, I'm fine with that. I just want people to make an educated decision and, um, and weigh evidence and not kind of be swayed by, you know, once I saw that someone was selling a paleo food for cats, I was like, people really don't understand. Right. (laughs) But we don't have to worry about that because most people are buying the stuff that's been marketed and has been taught to vets and them forever, which is the highly processed colored added additives foods that are sold in supermarkets. I'm not worried about people buying, making their own foods or doing some weird trendy thing, maybe with dogs a little bit, but not so much with cats. But going back to your point, which is a great point, free feeding is never a good idea for cats. But the idea of a, a little play session, would you say three, four, even maximum five minutes with a fishing pole toy as late at night as you can do and reward the capture of the thing on the fishing pole toy with some food so that it mimics actual hunting and satisfaction as late as you can do it? Do you think that's a good way to tire the cat out? Yeah, I mean, that is um, a great way to, again, we're thinking about what is their natural feeding behavior, and if they were, you know, free-roaming kitties, they'd be outside hunting and um, and then in most cases eating what they hunt, although not always. But, right. um, you know, we want to also just give them the opportunity to, to exercise again. I'm thinking like, um, you know, keeping them active during the day. But the other thing, too, is if you think about how we exercise, um, we don't eat dinner and then go for a jog. We do the opposite. Right. So you go to the gym and right. then you eat dinner. So right. if you're trying to play with your cat when they're full, you're not going to get right. the full benefit of the exercise. So yeah. we know that cats hunt more when they're hungry. They play more when they're hungry. There's research that shows that. So That's cool. take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Play with them when they're hungry and then feed them. And then what do we want to do after we go to the gym and eat dinner? We want to sit on the couch and watch TV. <laughs> so you want to put your cat in that nice, relaxed yes. state. That's a, that's a really great point. But, folks, not to do what Michael said many people do. Don't do this at 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 a.m. Do it at your schedule and teach and train your cat that the hungry playing and the hungry exercise satisfaction to follow should not be when they demand it, which is when they <laughs> feel the need for it, when they feel neglected either, you know, uh, 
emotionally or nutritionally in the middle of the night, do it as late as you possibly can. So mm -hmm. that so that when the cat wakes you up, I mean, you don't recommend keeping a, a box of cat treats by the bed, right? And throwing them out when the cat wakes you up. I mean, that's Absolutely no better not. than getting up, right? Now, I have had a few clients. Um, so, you know, I think the other piece is, you know, really trying to keep the cat active and engaged during the day. So if, if the owner is not home during the day, then they should be rotating enrichment items for their cat to engage with, toys they can play with on their own, making sure to squeeze in a couple of short play sessions during the day, you know, maybe having a bird feeder for the cats to watch. So really trying to keep them more active during the day um, so that they're not um, keeping them up at night. I have had some clients who the cats were really, the behavior was very much ingrained that they wanted something at four in the morning. If other techniques did not work, then I did recommend an automatic feeder that went off in the oh, middle of the night. Oh, interesting. Just to keep yeah. the cat, you know, away from the human, like not associating being fed with the human, um, because a lot of cats will just start, kind of hovering around the feeder when they know it's about to go off. And so in those cases, that can be effective. It's not my first go-to, um, you know, plan for these cases, but when we have a real persistent kitty, sometimes that's the best way to That's a really good happy. idea. And again, those, those feeders can dispense whatever cat-appropriate item, you know, you want to Absolutely. choose for them. It can be a And whole... it doesn't have to be a lot. It no, exactly. It can be exactly. literally a teaspoon of food. The cat's tummy is very small. So. Correct. And a mouse is not very large. So the equivalent <laughs> of a small little mouse, of which, as you pointed out, you don't even necessarily have to eat all the toenails and the tail, right? you just the meat part, <laughs> <laughs> just sort of technically. We've run out of time, but those of you with midnight munchies where these suggestions are not enough... Michael Delgado is terrific at working individually with people. Zoom and all these other ways of doing it are great. So I will I will make sure that there's a link on the cat chat page of radiopetlady.com. Michael Delgado, thank you so much for loving cats so much and, and helping the people who love them. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.